Everything is inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who is the founder and driver of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Om Today our topic is avoid distractions. The older we get, the more we realize we're not going to be here forever. Life is flying by. Seems like just the other day I was in high school. Seems like just the other day some of you were in elementary school. The question is, where in the world has the time gone? When you realize how fast the time is going, it fosters in you a sense of urgency and hopefully a sense of focus. Your assignment has an expiration date. Your time on this earth is not unlimited. In the 10th canto of the Bhagavatam, we read these words. One's material body is destined to remain intact for only a short time, and so it is called kalayam, subject to dissolving into the earth. Nonetheless, if properly used, can be one's best friend. When one is immersed in material consciousness, however, it becomes a false friend, distracting the bewildered living entity from his true self-interest. Goes on to say, persons too much distracted with their own bodies and those of their spouses, children, pets, and so on, are in fact misdirecting their devotion to the worship of illusion. In this way, people commit spiritual suicide, ensuring future punishment for failing to carry out the higher responsibilities of human existence. But all that means is, your hour has come. If you're going to reach your highest potential, you have to set your face, focus yourself, resolve not to be distracted by things which are keeping you from your purpose. You don't have time to waste, worried about what people think about you, worried about the economy, worried about whether your kids are going to get into the college of their choice. Our time is too valuable to agonize over every situation, respond to every critic, to every negative comment, trying to convince people that you really are okay. Can I tell you, those are distractions. Everyone's not gonna like you in life. Everyone's not gonna accept you. You might as well quit trying to convince people to understand you because there are people out there who are determined to misunderstand you no matter what you do. Some people don't want to be for you. But you have to be okay with that because you don't need them to fulfill your destiny. The enemy, Maya, whose job it is to keep us revolving in samsara in this material world, would love for us to spend time trying to win someone over, someone who's already predetermined never to be won over, never to even like you. You have to set your face. The people that need to be for you, they will be for you. Krishna will send them. He's already lined up the right people. People who will celebrate you. People who will cheer you on. People who will stick with you through thick and thin. But too often, we're trying to convince somebody to be our friend, convince them to spend time with us. Here's some advice. If someone doesn't recognize the gift 
that you are, if they don't recognize your talents, if they don't value your friendship, then do yourself a favor. Put some distance between you and them. Move on with your life. They are no part of your destiny. Don't waste another minute trying to convince someone to like you, to call you, to come see you. If you have to talk them into it, they're not for you. They are a distraction. Another choice verse from the Bhagavatam. After the creation of the material world, these features appear simultaneously as water in its natural state before coming into contact with earth is clear, sweet, and ruffled. So the characteristic traits of pure consciousness are complete serenity, clarity, and freedom from distraction. Describing our original spiritual selves coming from the spiritual world as pure, serene, happy, full of knowledge, bliss, and eternity. However, some rather we've come down into this material atmosphere and we've mixed with matter. The example is given of a drop of pure, clear rainwater pristine, but as soon as it touches the earth, then it becomes mud. That mixture is antithetical to the original nature of the spiritual consciousness. Our consciousness is originally pure, pristine, God consciousness in the beginning. Just after creation, that consciousness is not polluted. But the more one becomes swayed or materially interested, then the more the original pure spiritual consciousness becomes obscure. In pure consciousness, one can see almost automatically, by definition, the presence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Like in clear, unagitated water, you can see right to the bottom. Similarly, in pure consciousness, we can see things as they are. We see ourselves, we see God, and we see our relationships in connection with Him. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Rama, That's the whole process to purify consciousness and get back to that original pristine state. Here's a story about a hockey player named Stan Makita. He was a professional, but he was famous for getting into a lot of fights during the games. He stopped his fighting mood altogether when his eight-year-old daughter asked him a very grown-up question. She said, Daddy, how can you score goals when you're always in the penalty box? He couldn't argue against that. Shortly after that, he was reading his Bible and he came across this passage, avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. Would you agree it's easy to get into conflict? It's easy to get upset, offended, going around with a chip over your shoulder, easy to want to pay back. That doesn't take any discipline, any self-restraint, but avoiding a fight and not taking the bait, not being drawn into conflict, that takes focus. That takes a higher sort of living being. So the next time something comes against you, ask yourself, is this battle worth fighting or is it simply a distraction? Thank you, Shannon. She's always listening very carefully. That person who cut you off in traffic, is it worth getting upset over? You're never going to see him again. That co-worker who leaves you out, doesn't give you credit. You think they can stop your destiny? You think somehow that they're more powerful than what Krishna or God has destined for your future? No, they're just distractions. The only way they can hinder you is if you allow yourself to get baited into conflict. 
The best thing we can do is just ignore it. Don't give it the time of day. I heard a story about a young man who grew up in Alabama. One day, a seventh grade bully picked a fight with this young man, punched him in the nose and knocked him out. When he regained consciousness, he vowed to get revenge and kill the bully. He went home, grabbed his mother's 22, and set out to find his target. A few minutes later, his destiny hung in the balance. He had the bully right in his gun sight. All he had to do was pull the trigger, and this bully would be history. But at that moment, he asked himself a question. What will happen to me if I pull the trigger? And another image came into focus. It was a picture as painful as anything you could imagine. In that split second, before he was going to take that boy's life, where he saw two different directions that his life could go in. He saw, on the one hand, what it would be like to go to jail, to stay up at night just to keep the other prisoners from attacking him. He figured out that the potential pain for him was greater than the satisfaction of revenge. He found a place of balance. He re-aimed his gun. Instead, he shot at a tree in the same area. That boy, I don't know if you know him, he was my generation, maybe not your generation. Bo Jackson, anybody ever heard of Bo Jackson? Yeah, yeah. Hall of Fame football running back. As he describes a scene in his biography, there's no question, obviously, that this is a pivotal point in his life. That single choice made the difference between a kid with no future and one with great athletic success. Jackson intuitively knew that getting revenge was a battle that was not only wasn't necessary, it was a battle that would get between himself and his destiny. Like he almost did. Too many of us fight battles that just don't matter. They're talking about me. I'm going to go straighten them out. After you straighten them out, guess what? Someone else is going to start talking about you. Here's what I've learned. Nobody talks about people that aren't doing anything. Nobody tries to discredit somebody who doesn't have any influence in the first place. The reason that they're talking about you is that you're a difference maker. The reason that you're a world changer is that they can see the gifts, the influence, the favor on your life. It is said, the brighter the light, the more the heat. The fact is that the higher God takes you, the more that you're going to come to people's notice. Sometimes instead of celebrating you, people are going to get jealous, try to pull you down, get you into conflict. Our advice is don't take the bait. It's a distraction. Keep yourself focused on your primary purpose. We can't avoid every fight, it's true, but as far as you can, try to live in peace with everybody. Doesn't mean you're gonna succeed in having peace with everybody. Some people don't wanna have peace with you. Some people wanna have war with you. From the Mahabharata we read about Duryodhan, he didn't wanna have peace with the pious Pandavas. He was jealous, small-minded. He always tried to stir things up. Now Yudhisthira, the eldest of the Pandavas, did everything he could to avoid conflict. But finally he had to accept that while he wanted to be in peace with Duryodhana, Duryodhana was never going to be in peace with him. Finally, there was a great war which was about to be engaged in, in which Duryodhana attempted to exterminate the Pandas from the face of the earth. Yudhisthira said just before the onset of the war, he said, do to you, Duryodhana, 
This calamity has arisen. O man of meager understanding, overpowered by lust, you could not accept the path of peace and compromise. And for that reason, you rant and rave like one deprived of his senses. What is the use of your words? Come out and fight along with all your friends. Death awaits you. Fact is, life is too short to try to have peace with people who don't want to have peace with you. Some of your relatives, you love them, but you're going to have to love them from a distance. Don't frustrate yourself trying to make things happen that they don't want to happen. That's not being disrespectful, that's just being responsible with the gifts that God gave you. My nature is to be a peacemaker. I want everybody to be happy. I'll go out of my way. I'll go the extra mile 400 times to make peace. But some people just have their own issues. They don't even get along with themselves. So how are they going to get along with you? They don't like who they are. So how are they going to like who you are? No matter what you do, it's never going to be enough. You can give them a keys to a brand new Cadillac and they would say, oh, I really wanted a Lexus. They're going to find faults. They're going to be critical. They're going to try and make you feel guilty. And if you keep trying to appease them, bending over backwards, spending all of your time, all that's doing is letting them control you. Just be nice, but do not get distracted. Try to have peace with somebody that doesn't want to have peace in the first place. And every one of us has small-minded people in our lives. They actually don't like seeing you happy. They don't like you rising higher, going places. And it's not about you. It's about the favor on your life. It's about the blessing that God put on you. It's nothing personal. Just keep your face set. I've heard it said, some people that make the most withdrawals are the ones that put in the least deposits in your life. Do you have high maintenance people? in your circle of friends, expect you to be always there to help them, to encourage them, to meet their every demand, to bail them out one o'clock in the morning. But when you need something, where are they? Nowhere to be seen. Oh, they're too busy. They're not around. Seems to me that kind of a friendship is a little one way, one side, someone's doing all of the taking and none of the giving. So you need to make a change in that case. I've heard it said, you should Quit swimming across an ocean to be good to someone who wouldn't step over a puddle to be good to you. And if they get defended because you don't meet their every expectation, they were never a true friend in the first place. They just want you for what you can do for them. Distractions, distractions, distractions. You need to distance yourself from people like that. You're not created to be controlled, to never have any time to pursue what God put in your heart. Well, Drew, what if they get upset? I've known them since high school. What if I hurt their feelings? You know what? I'd rather disappoint a few people than disappoint my heavenly father, my creator, Krishna. And when you come to the end of your life, you won't give an account to those friends of yours of what you did with your time, your resources, your talents. You'll give an account to Almighty God. Don't go through life trying to please everyone, trying to keep everyone happy. The one person you really need to keep happy is you. Come out from under that debt. 
Be nice, go the extra mile, but don't be a people pleaser. I don't mean to live selfishly and think only about yourself, but don't take on a false sense of responsibility, thinking that other people's happiness depends upon you. If someone's controlling you, can I tell you, it's not their fault. It's yours. <laughs> you have to put your foot down, make a change. This is your hour. You cannot reach your destiny. You cannot run your ways, dragging other people along with you with that extra weight, trying to keep them happy. I know people that spend more time worried about what people think about them than they do pursuing their own dreams and goals. And it's great to get free from addictions, free from depression, but one of the greatest freedoms in life is to get free from the opinions of people in general. Nowadays, I think you'll agree, everybody wants you to know their opinion. Especially with social media, it's so easy to see everybody's opinions splashed all over the page. People will tell you what you should wear, how to raise your kids, what you're doing wrong, what to drive. They'll tell you how to run your life. These people don't even know how to run their own lives, but they're all too quick to tell you how to run your life. And it's good to take advice. It's good to listen to wise counsel, but in the end, nobody can hear what you can hear from God from the inside of your heart. Other people may mean well, but they don't know what God or Krishna put in your heart. They don't know the gifts, the dream, the calling, the talent that Krishna wants to awaken. Now, in us, there has to be a boldness to become what Krishna created us to be. To do that, we can't worry about what everyone thinks. Well, true, what if they get upset? What if they don't agree? If someone gets upset because you're not taking their advice, that's not your problem. Because if you live by the opinion of others, you'll never become who you were created to be. Why not? Because people want to keep you in their box. They want to keep you being who they want you to be. There's a classic story, I'm sure you've heard it at some point. It was a grandfather and his small grandson were taking a trip into town. They started off letting the grandson ride his donkey and the old man was walking alongside. Someone passed by and said, look at that selfish little boy making that old man walk. The man took the boy off, put him on the ground and the man got on the donkey and he, the boy was walking alongside. A few minutes later, somebody else popped off. Look at that man making that little boy walk while he rides. So he picked the boy up and put him on the donkey with him. So they're both on the donkey. Two minutes passed and someone said, how cruel of you two to place that heavy load, both of you sitting on that poor donkey. By the time they got to town, the grandfather and the grandson were carrying the donkey. Now everybody has a right to their opinion, but you also have every right not to take it. No matter what you do, there'll be someone who is just not going to understand. My question is, are you carrying the donkey? Are you being pressured into doing what people want you to do because you don't want to disappoint anyone? Can I suggest it's time to put the donkey down? The donkey, frankly, if you want my honest opinion, it doesn't look good on you. Start running your own race. Start following what Krishna God put in your heart. 
Nobody can hear Krishna's direction for your life like you. Krishna's not going to give someone else more insights into your destiny than he's going to give you. It's true, some people may see things, but Krishna speaks directly to your spirit. There are people who won't understand you. They'll get upset when you break out of the box. But can I tell you, Krishna is a progressive God. He's a God who's always doing new things. He doesn't want you to get stuck in what he was doing yesterday. He doesn't want you to get stuck in the past. He doesn't want you to get stuck in tradition. You have to set your face, recognizing that this is your time, that there's greatness in you, that Lord Krishna is calling you out of the ordinary, calling you out of what you used to be, has things in your future that are going to break barriers. You're going to go where no one else in your family has ever gone. It's going to be unusual. It's going to be out of the ordinary. And there will be people who find fault, try to discredit people who think that you're missing it. And that's okay. Can I tell you, nobody, nobody has ever done anything great without opposition, without critics, without people. They were missing it. You just keep your face set. One last story. Dhruva Maharaj was a pure devotee of Lord Krishna from his youth, and then he became the king. Now, while he was a king, his half-brother was killed by a yaksha. So Dhruva, in order to show his love for his brother and to discharge his duties as a king, who's meant to retaliate when innocent people are killed, he punished the yakshas by attacking them and killing them in a pitched battle. Now, this is what a king does. People bow down before the king. People place the king in a palace. King gets robes and influence and wealth. But when there's a crime, he has to put his life on the line in order to punish the wrongdoers. The king who doesn't go into action when it's time to do so is dishonored and he's spoken badly of by the citizens. So, Dhruva was doing his duty, but in the course of doing his duty and punishing these killers, he went a little overboard. He got a little carried away and the killing was excessive. Manu, the father, progenitor of mankind, was asked by Lord Brahma, the creator of the universe, to come down and cool Dhruva off. So Manu said, my dear Dhruva, do not be distracted by this battle. You've done your duty. Now you draw the line at this point. You've protected your reputation. You've curbed the wrongdoers. You've silenced your critics. Now cease the hostilities and go back to your palace and go back into the temple and resume your devotional service to the Supreme Lord. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. The last words of advice that Manu gave to Dhruva was, thus in your original position, his bodily position in this life was as a king, and he had the temporal dharma or duty to fight the wrongdoers and coup. But don't get distracted by that. When it's over, it's over. And then come back to your original position as servant of the Lord. With your face fully turned to him, put aside the distractions of this flickering world. So Manu wanted to bring Dhruva back to his original consciousness. He was looking at the yakshas as different from him, as his enemies. When in fact, from a Krishna conscious point of view, nobody is an enemy, nobody is a friend.
Everybody's passing through different types of bodies under the law of karma. But as soon as one is situated in their spiritual identity, they do not see any more differentiation in terms of bodies, gender, and ethnicity. It is said in the Bhagavad Gita, 18th chapter, Brahma Bhuta Prashanatmana Sojati Nakanjati Sama Sarvashu Bhutashu Mad Bhaktim Labhateparam. When someone's in Krishna or God consciousness, he doesn't differentiate in terms of the outward body, rather, Sama Sarva Bhutashu, he sees all living beings in terms of the internal spirit soul. Dhruva was already a liberated person, if you know this story because at the age of five years old, he'd seen personally the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the forest. But even though he was liberated, he was, at least for the time being, afflicted by the illusion of Maya, thinking of his brother and the killers of his brother in the bodily concept of life. The whole material world is working on the basis of I and mine. The two most often words used in the English language are I and my, and this is the root of distraction in the material world. If one is distracted by this illusory concept of I and mine, he will have to remain within this material world in different nasty positions throughout all the various species of life and the planets. Finally, Mano concludes his advice to Dhruva, Thus, regaining your original position and rendering service unto the Supreme Lord, who is the all-powerful reservoir of pleasure and lives in the hearts of all living beings as the super soul, you will very soon forget the illusory understanding of I and mine and attain the lotus feet of Krishna in the spiritual world. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. You can't be overly concerned with what people think about you and simultaneously reach your potential. People will try to squeeze you into being who they want you to be. You may have to disappoint a few people in order to reach your destiny. Are you letting the fear of what people think keep you from hearing the thing that Krishna has for you? What if they get upset? What if people don't understand? Quit being afraid of the people. Quit letting them squeeze you into their mold. Don't get stuck in tradition in the past. Krishna has out in front of each and every one of you blessings that you've never seen, increase that you could never imagine. We're asking you today to avoid distractions, to stop living to please people, to stop worrying about what others think. No more fighting battles that don't matter. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. This is your hour. Take the time, make up your mind, focus, set your face. You're going to become who God created you to be. You're going to go to where Krishna wants you to go. You're going to accomplish the things that Krishna wants you to accomplish. If you avoid distractions, you're going to see unprecedented favor, see new doors opening, see divine connections, breakthroughs, healing, favor, victory, the fullness of your destiny in this life and next life, you're going to go back to home, back to God. If any of that sounds good at all, Join me in raising your arms, and the words are right up there. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama.
राम राम हरि हरि हरि